Hi everybody and welcome to the FIFA Play On podcast. I'm Enia Luko, one half of your hosting team. Alva and I have had so much fun recording with our brilliant guests that we thought since it's coming up to the holiday period, we'd have a look at some of the best bits from the first few episodes. That's right, Enia. I love chatting to all of our music and football guests and I can't wait to tell all of our listeners who we've got lined up for the next second half of the series. There's some amazing artists and some legendary players. Anyway, let's get started with this little throwback. For our clips, we're jumping back to episode two to hear from Kaká. Annie, how did you feel talking to a FIFA World Cup winner? I mean, Kaká was, you know, one of the best Brazilian players of all time. You know, he won the Ballon d'Or. At the time that he was sort of at the height of his career, I loved watching the World Cup. So I think he's known as such a nice guy as well. Um, And so really chatty, really open, amazing. You know, if you would have said to me, 10 years ago I'd be interviewing Kakar on a, on a FIFA play on podcast I would have been like no way no chance yeah and uh, you know I was part of a campaign with him too with, with Adidas so it's nice to have it was nice to connect with him again I really enjoyed that interview so amazing that really I really felt the connection there and, and he was as you said just the nicest person and for me it was like this uh, way of being so humble you know and talking about the Brazilian culture before the match with the guitars and getting on with the music before you know the warm up Anyway, in this clip, we hear Kaká talking about football culture in Brazil and the injury that threatened his career before it even started. Because here in Brazil, football is part of the culture. So everywhere there we go, the kids play football. The first toy is a football, some plates or something like that. The parties, it's, it's football to bring some friends together. And when you go to the beach, you get some two sandals you put like a, a goal and get a ball and play with your friend on the sand. So it's part of the culture. And for me, it was really nice because I love this sport. But I think football is also um, a part of my background, my formation mm. is building my character, uh, a lot of values in football that help it to, to build my character. So I love this sport. That seems like an, an amazing background. I really would have loved to also grow up there with you. Um, and, and quite a lot of Brazilian players, you know, they end up with, with their nickname on the back of their, of their shirt. Can you tell us why, why Kaká? Where does it come from? It's pretty common here in Brazil that we, we have this, this kind of nickname. So we have Cafu, we have Pelé, we have uh, Gida. Yeah. We have a, a lot of genius Ronaldinho Gaúcho, Ronaldinho Fenomeno. Yeah. And mine, Kaká, uh, comes from my brother. I have a young brother, Rodrigo. And when we were a kids, he couldn't say my name. He couldn't say Ricardo. And he called me mm. Kaká all the time. <laughs> and so because of that, this, this nickname, it's very important for me. So I love Kaká. I can totally feel that. There's always someone in the family who's struggling with the names. I struggled <laughs> with the one from my, from my granddad. And then every cousin is now calling him Ebe, which is also weird. But it's really, really nice, like a familiar bonding. Um, so it's your fault. <laughs> yes, it's my fault. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I have one question about your your past. I, I read something very interesting, and that is that you had a, a fractured spine accident in a in a swimming pool once. Did that affect, you know, that was before you were playing professionally. How did that affect your mindset? Uh, the spirit was really important in my life because I was 18 years old and I was almost there. Almost, I was in the under 20 in Brazil and I went to, to training with the first team. Sometimes I went back to the under 20. But I was in that period. 
So the decision, you're going to make it or not. Mm -hmm. And I had this, this very hard injured. So I was playing a swimming pool. Then I hit my head on the, on the pool and I broke my, the sixth vertebra of my neck. And then I went to the doctor and I, and, and I asked him, when, when can I play football again? And he said, maybe you, you don't understand how, how bad is your injury because today is not a day to, to, to ask questions. Today is the day to be thankful because in most of these cases, the person doesn't walk anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that in, in that period, I understood that I, I was very blessed. And this happened in October. Then I worked three months without playing. At the end of January, I did my debut with Sao Paulo first team. Oh, wow. So it's uh, some sort of situations that uh, built my life, my character, and grow my faith a lot. It was a very important period in, in my life and my career. So special to hear these formative stories from a player like Akar. What a legend. Anyway, on to our next clip, which comes from episode one. We chatted to two amazing women who have a key role in the next FIFA Women's World Cup. Kelly Lee Owens, who's the creator of the official theme song for the tournament, and Sarai Behrman, FIFA Chief Women's Football Officer. Alvaro, this was a special one, right? I love to hear how the soundtrack was made, because especially, you know, for my musical inside, that was a really great... I really wanted to know, I was super curious how, how one would do a soundtrack for, a, you know, for a FIFA uh, theme. Great insight, great conversations, and I just, I just love being part of that. Yeah, same. I, I was really impressed with Kelly Lee Owens. I felt that she was so intentional about her music and yes. why it was important for the upcoming FIFA Women's World Cup. Obviously, Sarai Bauman, I, I know before, and she's done incredible work. You know, she's from that region as well, right? So mm -hmm. Australia, New Zealand, I think everybody's looking forward to that World Cup because it's it's a region of the world that, you know, women's football is, is strong, but it's also developing great insight, great interview. Let's get into it. Kelly, you've collaborated with some amazing female creators in your musical career. I mean, remixing Bjork, uh, Sigrid, St. Vincent, that, I mean, that is, that is quite some list, <laughs> I have to say. And um, can you see any parallels Uh, between football and, you know, women's football and women's uh, music creation? You know, in the past, uh, both things, of course, have been male-dominated and we're, we're moving away from that and we're becoming more inclusive and we're understanding that there's other perspectives that are as important and um, we're all kind of in this together, ultimately, and we all bring something so beautiful in those perspectives. And actually, without them, we all miss out. We all are done a disservice, ultimately. And so it's just a beautiful, exciting time. And, you know, with everything, sorry to mention the pandemic, but I do feel The, some of the silver linings are that we realize we need each other, right. all of us, you know, we're, we're right. a global community and whatever happens to one person or group of people here affects all of us on all levels. And so I think music and football bring people together, sure. mm. you know, and I've just uh, finished touring America and I had a crowd of people in a room together experiencing one thing at the same time. And there's nothing like that. And football does exactly that also. Beautifully said, wonderfully said, um, and absolutely true. So, Rai, you mentioned you've got one of the best jobs in the world in what you're doing. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about your vision for the women's game in general and how is music important to increasing fan engagement as a purpose 
an interest around the Women's World Cup. How are you building music into that, into your wider vision? Well, to answer that part of your question first, I think this is an interesting fact that our marketing gurus told me today. So more than 90% of football fans are also music fans. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So for me, that's like a massive number, you know, and clearly there is a huge platform there for a conversion of different cultures, different worlds. You know, what we're trying to do with the women's game is actually move it beyond the pitch. And we saw it in France in 2019. It's actually about way more than the game. Like there were a lot of conversations happening in and around that tournament that were so much more about the position of women, you know, equal pay, um, women's empowerment, all these things. So it's actually a movement. It's a cultural movement. It's a lifestyle. It's more than just this sport. Of course, the sport is amazing. It's beautiful. It's athletic. We have the best athletes in the world that we are able to showcase. But bringing music and football together actually helps us to create this seamless transition between the sport and this lifestyle and culture that exists in and around it. I think it's, yeah, it's totally magical. Music and football. That's what we're all about on the FIFA Play On podcast. So, okay, our next clip is going to be somebody really, really special. This was a, an incredible episode for me, also for any I know that. It was rap legend Ludacris. And any did this chat take you back to your days playing football in Atlanta? Honestly, Alvaro, I think this was my favorite. I mean, I'm not sure if we're allowed to have favorites. But this was the moment of the podcast where I was like pinching myself. Because Ludacris yes. is one of my favorite rappers And obviously, as you said, you know, living in Atlanta, he was huge in Atlanta when I lived there. So it was just crazy. (laughs) It was crazy. Yeah. I I remember it It was like his library or something. And he said he had these, uh, I still remember he had these stairs that were like the Harry Potter stairs, you know, going from side to side in this whole bookshelf that he had. Oh my God. For me, that was also a pinching moment. I was kind of, you know, saying, oh God, I saw you in every movie. And every song, this is crazy now. And he's still so ambitious, right? Like the point where he was like, yeah, I'm going to become a billionaire. Like, of course, like that's just going to happen. I was like, okay, okay. We need some (laughs) of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's hear from Luda about his newfound appreciation of all things football. You know, my team, man, I'm all Atlanta, so it has to be Atlanta United. And, uh, okay, okay. You know, over the last few years, we just got this soccer team, uh, football team, and I... I've gained a whole new appreciation for it. I always liked it, but I was never fully kind of divulged into it and kind of learning the sport, you know, as much as a lot of other people do. So I can honestly say I'm I'm more new to it and I and I love it so much. My wife is actually from Gabon, Africa, mm. and you know, it's huge in Africa as well. She speaks French. Mm. So, you know, a lot of my my sisters-in-laws and, and things of that nature, we, it's just one of those processes where you know, I may not have loved it my whole life, but I'm starting to love it now and I'm starting to appreciate it more, especially as you travel worldwide and you realize it's the biggest sport in the entire world. And what the hell was I doing? <laughs> not paying that much attention to it my whole life. But yeah, I'm 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 a I'm kind of an amateur, but I'm getting there. But Atlanta United is my team. And you know, any any insights you guys want to give that will continue to further my education, I'm all ears and all for it because I'm loving it now. Oh yeah. And he's an expert in that. <laughs> I think any can help Well, as you. I said, I, I played in Atlanta professionally for a year for the women's franchise in the previous league. And um, I actually got to know the Atlanta United guys who, who were setting up the club. So I would definitely encourage you to go to live games. I mean, that stadium 
Chris is just amazing. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely tell you that's what I'm saying. We've already we've already gone to live games, and it's crazy because it's one thing to watch it on television. Like to me, I'm gonna be honest. If you watch baseball, like you know American baseball on television, it's boring as hell. <laughs> but if you go to the game in person, it's extremely exciting. I feel like watching football slash soccer on television is exciting, but it's out of this world exciting if, if you're there large, right? And so 100%. I have attended the games. That's why I'm telling you guys I'm, I'm starting to love it so much, man. It's getting dangerous. Who who would believe that, you know, one day soon I might love soccer more than I love uh, basketball or football, which anybody who's from Ooh. America might try to slap the hell out of me for saying we, that. We, we got you on record <laughs> saying that now. We got, we got you recorded saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a crazy question for you. It, this comes from a soccer background. It's a, do you know what a, what a five-a-side means? Yeah. I wanted to do like a parallel to music with that. So you would be the leader of those five. Um, you would be the, you know, you would need four more guys. Okay. So if you would have to take and pick four other guys, rappers, MCs, you know, for your perfect team to take to a, a rap-based hip-hop tournament, you know? Yeah. Then who would you take? <laughs> yeah, I would probably say Andre 3000, uh, Jay Z. I don't know if we can count Biggie and Tupac. I don't. Are we? Can we count those? Yeah, we can. Well, there you have it. That's four. <laughs> there you go. That's an amazing team. And who's the fifth? Are you the fifth? I am the fifth for sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's some team. Thank you. Ludacris, what a guy, and what a five-a-side team. Okay, for our next clip, we hear from episode four's guest, Leah Williamson, who I know very well, about the balance between her footballing life with Arsenal and England, and another passion of hers, fashion. Leah was great, right, Alvaro? You liked her? Yeah, I mean, not only those things you said, I mean, also music, because she's like yeah. the changing room DJ, she said. For me, that was that was amazing to hear how that works, you know, how everyone has their own playlist. Leah is kind of iconic because she's mm -hmm. not just a footballer. She is really big on her fashion. She loves her music. It was really just great to hear from someone who has just so many different dimensions to them. For me, obviously being a former professional women's footballer, it's just great to see female players coming through who are like Leah, you know, who have the maturity as well. And, you know, I, I don't love her club Arsenal, but... Uh, <laughs> And she's going to keep going from strength to strength, I think. 100%. Okay, let's roll the clip. I think that my favourite part of like my day is figuring out what I'm going to wear. Or I mean, I'm, a, I'm addicted to, to buying new clothes and I rarely throw things out. So, yeah, I don't know. I just It's a bit deep, uh, I suppose. But I just think, especially when I put clothes on, I don't do it for anyone mm. else's benefit. I don't do it for... Mm. It's the one time that I'm, I completely do it for me. You know, you go out sometimes and I say to my cousin, you know, my cousin or whatever, like, do I, do I look good? And she's like, well, other people aren't going to be wearing that. And I'm like, that's not the question I asked. Like, do, do I look good? Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing this. This is what I'm going out in. Now, I just think it's a, it's a way to express yourself, which is, I suppose, you know, football is about that as well. It's the same in, in uh, music and fashion. If you, I don't know, it's, an, it's just an opportunity to show who you are. And I just quite like, that and I like learning about other people I think that's why fashion interests me because I think you can tell a lot about somebody where sure. they wear their clothes yeah it's kind of an expression of yourself right it's it's, uh, yeah. it's a yeah. way of you know your self-confidence and I know I know everyone you know if I wear a suit I kind of feel like I'm you know James Bond or yeah. somebody you know <laughs> something I feel much more self-confident than you know wearing just something else and exactly and I was because I was wondering now that you were explaining this 
is it is it common because if if you're wearing you know the the shirts and the uniforms and the England team and Arsenal and everything, is that something that also comes from there? Maybe that you can you know in, in your job you're like kind of you got uniform I mean, yeah in brackets limited you know you're uniformed so maybe in, the, in your personal life you want to kind of experiment more with that. Yeah, I think so um, because this is what it always makes me laugh because my mum will say to me, oh, Lee, you look scraggy today or, you know, when I'm on the football pitch. And I'm like, yeah, mum, because that's, that's work. Like, I'm not... That's a mum thing, though. That's a mum <laughs> yeah. thing. I always tell it to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, no, I think because you're so restricted to what you can wear. And when I'm at football and I, you know, it is my job, I I would never really play around with it because I just, I'm there to be focused and be professional. So as soon as I step away from football, I'm like, right, let's go the most bizarre or outrageous thing I can wear it's normally on yeah that's a good balance yeah I love what you said about the the measure of your own fashion is what you think about yourself yeah I love that I think that's um I think that's that's definitely something we should be telling like a lot of our next generation because we're always like looking like what do you think yeah, what do you think like... but I love the fact and I can tell that about I can tell that about your fashion sense like you're so kind of comfortable in what you're wearing and and that makes it look so good so yeah, I love I think that it's the most important thing yeah I can see uh, a Leah Williamson fashion line at some I point know. I need to find an investor <laughs> in your career how cool is Leah I mean I just love that interview oh okay for our final clip today we're gonna head back to episode five when we got caught up with Italian singer songwriter Matteo Bocelli this chat was really, really amazing, right, Annie? Yes, it was amazing. Another one that I was like, wow, you know, this is so interesting for me to listen to him because it's a it's a different world, right? To see a young guy in that world, um, I kept kind of seeing his dad sing that amazing rendition at when Leicester won the league in 2015. So, yeah, it was a really insightful interview for me. Obviously, it was you, you had more in common because of your music background and I know you'd met. It was interesting to see that Matteo had his own path, his own sort of music career as well. I mean, that's what, what his single was about also. I mean, this was, uh, I think we were just in the right time. He just released the song Solo, where he just, you know, was starting to go on that path. And uh, I think it's a big, big challenge, you know, as anyone who, of course, comes from a family that is has a big name. I think it's a big challenge, but when you get there, I think it's even a bigger success, you know, and a pleasure for, for yourself to kind of prove, you know, that you can also do it. And I think he's on the really good path and I'm super happy to, to see him um, just taking off uh, with his solo career. In this clip, we talked about Matteo's connections to football and the passion and discipline you need to succeed in both music and sports. Matteo, one of the greatest things that has happened in football in the Premier League, I don't know how much of a football fan you are, but was when Leicester won the Premier League in 2016. It was really unexpected. And then your dad, Claudio Ranieri, brought your dad onto stage, which made it even more spectacular and amazing. He sung the Nassam Dora by uh, Puccini, and it was just epic. Do you think that there's a connection between the epic nature of operatic music and such an epic sporting achievement like that. First of all, let me say that I remember very well that day because I was with my dad and I remember that we met Claudio Ranieri right before the match and all the players. Of course, uh, obviously inside, the, how do you say, the changing room, uh, it was already like a part, you know, because they already won, they knew they would have won the, the league. But that match was still important, no? because they wanted to close the league with, with a positive score and so results. 
And that what happened. I remember the performance was very, very emotional. emotional. And yes, I think both opera and and like like an achievement as uh, the Leicester did with uh, in soccer, a- having common. Um, I mean, success is made by talent and technique, no? And if you want to achieve good results, if you want to achieve like an important uh, goal, you have to, of course, at, at, at the base, you have to have a talent, but as well, you have to work on it, no? And I think opera wants the same. Opera wants a lot of work, a lot of time, understanding how to use your voice and how to approach to that kind of music. And I think that soccer is a little bit the same, no? You have to know, of course, how to to shoot but how to as well to approach to the team that you have to play against yeah and i have to say yes i'm a big i'm a big fan of soccer as well <laughs> i remember that i remember that day your 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 father's performance was like the chills that i had i can never forget it <laughs> matteo i mean un piacere no what a, what a pleasure to talk to this guy he's such an amazing artist well any that's about it for this little seasonal best of episode That's right, Alvaro. I've really loved looking back at these. So nice to reminisce. It got me even more excited for the episodes in 2022. If you've loved what you've heard here, go back and listen to the full episodes, please. And don't forget to subscribe so you stay up to date with all of our future releases. There are really, really some amazing guests coming up. Thanks for joining us this week on the FIFA Play On podcast. Don't forget to follow me, Annie and FIFA on the socials for clips and behind the scenes vids. And we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks for more Billion Football and Music Chat. Goodbye.